You want to make mom smile this Mother's Day? You can start Mother's Day with flowers or surprise her with gifts from the brands she loves delivered the very same day with DoorDash. Wow, that's a great idea. Moms are such a gift to us and we should treat them the same way with gifts, especially on Mother's Day. I didn't know DoorDash was doing that. That's exceptional. If your mom has a sweet tooth or if she's a tech enthusiast, beauty connoisseur, if she's outdoorsy, no matter what she's into, you can make her smile with a fruit or flower bouquet, makeup, tech gear, workout wear, and more, all deliverable through DoorDash. Get all your Mother's Day gifts all in one place and get 50% off your next order up to $15 when you spend $15 or more on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now with code THEO. That's T-H-E-O. Order using DoorDash today. Terms apply. And, uh, you know, happy Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Easter! That's it. That's that soft hitter coming in right there. Oh, yeah. That's something. Yeah, that's something you could wash a baby to right there. Imagine you washing a baby. Baby, you know, not a just a random kid. Imagine that. Let's go back into the music. Oh, you might even scrub under that baby's arms. This is that kind of music. That's how you keep that baby clean right there. You got to put on good music. You know, my mother used to wash me sometime when I was young to uh, Brian Adams. I remember when I was young, my mom would uh, put us all in the yard sometimes. You know, if we'd been out playing in the mud or just, you know, fighting or sometimes people would in our neighborhood would burn stuff in the ditch. And, um, you know, and after the, you know, couple days after, whenever it was just a bunch of ash in the ditch or, you know, black ash or something in the ditch we would do this thing called dirty donuts where we would put like water all over our skin and get out in the ash and you would get ash all over your body and you would look i don't know i guess kind of fun a little bit but mostly just kind of covered in charcoal and um and i always remember that that was kind of like a fun thing we would do and then my mom would spray us down with a hose out in the yard all at once you know she would wash us all at once and she would put on some Brian Adams sometimes in the house while she would do it. And I think it's probably more fun. You know, I don't have any children, but it's probably more fun to wash your children to music than just sitting there washing them. So, but yeah, this seemed like the kind of music you would wash a baby to. And this is called Seth Saves Spring from Isaac George. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
and that's definitely something that you would clean a child to. What's up, guys? Happy Easter. Uh, thank you guys for being here with me today. I hope your weekend was good. You know, I'm down here in Baton Rouge. I'm down here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I'm down here by my brother's house because he has a house down here. And he's married. He has a family. I've been here before. If some of you guys are on the YouTube, you'll see, you know, you know, uh, you know, regular background that you've seen before here whenever I'm down here. And, um, and I've had a good time, man. I had fun down here. You know, get down here into the south and you see people. Had enough cake today. And, you know, you don't want to. The, the thing is with me, I'll tell you what happened with me and desserts. Okay. So here's the thing. I'll have a, like, there'll be a dessert at the party. And I'll be like, uh, I'll have a little, you know. But then, here's the thing. Other people come to the party late, and they bring another dessert. And you don't want to let them down. You know, I don't want somebody to just see me just look at their dessert and walk off. You know, like I'm some kind of, you know, like I'm like a deadbeat dad. You know, like I'm some kind of deadbeat dessert dad. You know, who just looks at his son and just walks off or moves away moves to Akron or, you know, moves to, you know, Norfolk, you know, I want to be, you know, I want to be that participant. And so if I see a dessert and it looks good enough, you know, I, I have to stay there and spend some time with it. And that's what happened to me today. I didn't plan on eating a lot of desserts, but next thing you know, somebody showed up with this and somebody showed up with that. And then somebody, you know, somebody put a bunch of animal crackers in the oven and fucking baked them and they were already baked. But now they're hot animal crackers. <laughs> my defense is rest. And I'm guilty. I'm about to prosecute my stomach with about 30 of them matches. And I had some Mississippi mud. So, you know, this beautiful tall lady showed up with a thing of Mississippi mud. And I mean, God dang, that thing was, I mean, this dessert container was probably a foot deep. I mean, you could have got stuck in there. You could have lost a friend in there if you had a small friend. And so I had some of that. And next thing you know, I've only had about... A little bit of regular food, you know, maybe a small cut of ham. You know, I think I had a small cut of ham and then probably 19 desserts. And then I can't even feel my face because I feel like my whole face is just infested with sugar. And, you know, and then I just start not feeling good and then I'm depressed and I'm then I'm like changing into my running clothes and everybody's like relaxing because it's Easter. And now I'm that freaking creep that's going for a run on Easter. And it's just, you know, sometimes when you get into that. You know, I get into that Bermuda Triangle of desserts, and it just can be dark for me. It can be really, really dark. So so usually what I'll do is just decide, you know what, today I'm going to eat whatever. I'm just going to go like that. And I wish we didn't even care about what we ate. You know, I think there was a long time ago, probably back in the old days, you know, out, now everybody's so concerned about their diets. Everybody's on a diet. I'm on this. You know, I'm on Atkins. I'm on Jerry Atkins. You know, I'm... I'm a senior, you know, I'm on uh, keto, you know, I'm on Kato Kalen. I'm on, you know, I only eat cheeseburgers during murders. You know, everybody's on something. I'm on vegetables. I'm on, you know, broccolini. You know, I only eat, I only eat by my stepmother's house. My buddy told me he's on that diet. I'm like, that's not a fucking diet. I'm like, you're going you're gonna to starve. You're an idiot. But everybody's on some type of diet. You know, somebody's like, I'm on, you know, water and limes. I'm like, eh, that's not a diet. You know, that's somebody that's, you know, probably going to die on an island. You know, so some of this stuff isn't di isn't diets. Sorry, there's a call came in and I have a ringtone of a teenager. Uh, but yeah, everybody's on a diet. Everybody's on something, you know, and 
It's just, but back in the old days, you didn't, you weren't on a diet. If somebody shot an animal, that's what you ate. If somebody killed a, um, you know, a bushel of corn, that's what you ate. Somebody showed up with a, you know, a little bit of Labrador, a couple of Labrador medallions. That's what you ate. That was it. I mean, there, there were probably years where people were eating this or eating that. You know, I'm not trying to be vile, but people were, you know, having German Shepherd for dinner a long time ago in the 1700s. Come on. You know, people were having ham, you know, a ham was, you, you kill a pig and that's, that was it. Somebody shoot a dove or an owl and that was it. And that's what you ate. There wasn't an opportunity for all this dieting. But now, you know, once we get, you know, we get a little bit more sedentary and that food starts to build up in us. So it's just a different time now. And so now, you know, we're a little bit more concerned. And we didn't have mirrors back then. That's another thing. Maybe instead of dieting, we just get rid of all the mirrors. Have we thought about that yet? I mean, sometimes I wish we could just have a big mirror burning. You know, everybody just shows up and throws a damn mirror into a big gorge. One of these empty gorges and just throws a bunch of gasoline in there or turpentine and lights that bitch up. Let's burn these mirrors so who knows who's fat? Who knows who, who's out of shape? Who knows who's feeling a little, you know, if you lift your arm up and you can't lift it up. Or if your underarm just, you know, I got a buddy, he's got, his underarms have kind of become tits under his arm. And they still have all that hair on him, that underarm hair. So he'll lift his arm up. And it's like this just hair tit kind of pops out from under his arm. And I don't know why. I don't know what's going on with him. He's like, I'm thinking I need a diet. I'm like, I think you need a haircut on them tits first and go from there. But it's, you know, it's just uh, before we were infected with all these diets, I think we used to enjoy our time a little bit more. And I guess if I could look back on today a little bit, I probably wish I would have not thought about, you know, calories and all of this and that as much but i would have just been you know more focused on the day but we had we had uh you know had a nice weekend had a bunch of crawfish and crawfish is just a that it's just a fancy snail that's down to fuck really i mean that thing is it's like a shrimp that's you know i mean i've talked about it before crawfish is just like a shrimp that's um from rome it's basically a roman shrimp and those things i mean they are when you get down here in Louisiana, especially in this time of year on Easter, it's, you know, it's not surprising to go to a crawfish boil where somebody's boiling 400 pounds of crawfish. 400 pounds. And you get that and eat that. You know, and I guess when you do get down here in Louisiana, it is a little bit more like you eat what's available. You know, you eat whatever. I mean, you know, I've talked about it before, but I had, um, I had some uh, family members. They killed two owls for Thanksgiving a couple years ago. You know, they were short on funds at the house and... You know, the dad was selling tires. He used to sell used tires. And you know what? You think people you a lot of people nowadays, they just get fucking new tires. You know, that used tire market is, I don't know if it's non-existent or what. But, uh, but, yeah, but he would, um, you know, they didn't have a lot of money. So they had two owls. And they fattened up a couple owls. And you might ask, well, why did they have two owls? Because... One owl doesn't have a lot of meat on it. An owl is basically like a skinny woman in a, in a in a in a fat in a thick dress. That's what it is. Owls look fat. They're not. They look like they store in a lot of meat. They're not. They're not at all. So it's really a ruse that a lot of these owls put on. 
But anyhow, man, my mother used to, uh, I remember she used to hose us down and put on some Brian Adams, and that was a good time back in the day. And I, I do think it's probably more fun to wash your children to music than it is to just wash your kids, like some kind of creep in the silence, you know, like it's some kind of damn, you know, I don't know. I don't even know. It just sounds real creepy washing your kids with no background music going on. It sounds like real, um, like a crime or something. But anyhow, welcome, man, to this past weekend, and it is April. It is spring. It is April 2nd, actually, and I'm down here in Louisiana. I'm not going to make this a crazy wild episode because, you know, it's Easter, and I've been relaxing, you know, and I got them. I mean, I had so much frosting today. Dude, I would test, I would te- I would test positive. Uh, I would test positive for frosting. If you, if you, you know, I think if you... If you took my blood type right now, I would probably say Swiss Miss. I would come back positive for Swiss Miss. I'm just, you know, I got that all in me. I got that confetti. Because my nieces made me a cake. And I'll be honest, these little motherfuckers can't bake shit, dude. Um, it was, but I ate it. You know, sometimes, and that's another thing. These children show up with baked goods and you have to eat them. You know, they, they want you to eat it. Like, what is it? It's chocolate chip. I'm like, it's burnt. You know, it's, and it looks like a fish stick. But whatever. That's what's going on, man. And happy Easter to you guys. And I remember, you know, I think it's fun, you know, hiding the children's baskets. You know, my niece and nephews, they got all their baskets hidden. And they, you know, I get over here today and they're telling me where they found it under the table and this and that. And I started thinking about the Easter rabbit. And, you know, they were saying, yeah, the Easter Bunny came. And I'm thinking how lucky it is if you're, you know, back in the day, whenever they were, you know, auditioning animals or whatever to to get the role of the Easter animal. Because that thing could have been anything. Think about it. That could have been anything. Could have been Easter mongoose, Easter swine, Easter orangutan. That could have been anything. But it's, you know, that rabbit got that job. And if that rabbit doesn't book that role then rabbits are, they wouldn't, I don't think they would have had some of the luxurious life that they've had. Because think about it, rabbits, they're basically squirrel, fat squirrels that fuck a lot and have big eyes. That's what a rabbit is. So to, so to see them book that gig of being an Easter animal and, you know, being that, you know, being that, uh, they're like the Napoleon of candy. You know, to see rabbits get that gig and get out there, it's, it kind of it, it kind of shaped their whole existence. I feel like in at least in America, you know, I don't know what animal is is the Easter animal in other countries. It could be a, I don't know what it could be. They could have an Easter cricket in Spain. You know, they probably have an Easter kangaroo in Australia. I don't know because otherwise, rabbits are. I mean, they, they they're kind of a strange animal. You know, they fuck, I mean, they'll fuck anywhere. You know, they got that kind of, I mean, they got that Jamaican blood in them. I don't know if you have any friends that are Jamaican, but man, you, you leave, you know, you leave two, you, you leave two Jamaicans, uh, behind a, um, you leave two Jamaicans behind a Schiffer robe. You'll come back a little while later. There'll be 19 Jamaicans there. Jamaicans like to, you know, hit it and spray and make more Jamaicans because Jamaicans are partiers. They like to have fun. So if you have another Jamaican around you and y'all can make other Jamaicans, you're like, fuck yeah, let's make a party. 
You know, they're not fucking appropriating to make a family. A lot of Jamaicans are like, let's fuck so there's more people at this party. And that's how, you know, that's how, I, I, otherwise rabbits, I think, would have just been like that. They would have just been like, you know, this kind of, this animal that was out fucking all the time. But instead, you know, rabbits booked that role of the Easter animal and they got that. They have a little bit more je ne sais quoi. And that's French. What does that even mean, je ne sais quoi? I think it means French for like pomp and circumstance. So, but that's a lucky animal because it could have been anything. It could have been, you know, it could have been a frog. It could have been the Easter frog. And that would be probably creepy to think for kids, but in some places that's probably normal. And very in Germany, it might be an Easter frog. I don't know what some of the other countries do. But, but I grew up, I remember, I didn't see a lot of, I guess, I didn't see a lot of stray rabbits until I worked on a farm. I used to work on a farm outside of uh, Faraday, Louisiana, which is where Jerry Lee Lewis is from. And I didn't see a lot of stray rabbits until I worked up there. And, and I do remember, actually, when I was really young, they had a girl in our neighborhood, this girl named Doris, Splashy Doris, people used to call her, because anytime it would rain and there would be puddles out on the street or whatever, she would go out there, this little see you next Tuesday, you know what I'm talking about, coont. She would go out there and put on these big boots, you know, her dad's boots, her stepdad's boots, or some man's boots that her mom was banging. And Splashy Doris would go out there and splash in all the puddles until they like dispersed. It was like she wanted to get rid of the puddles before the rest of the kids could come enjoy them. You know, it was kind of, uh, it was, she was kind of like the British, you know, she wanted to show up and like, you know, ravage everything and get it and get all the joy for herself. So she, you know, splashy doors would get out there and just, just splash these puddles in the, you know, smithereens. And, and then by the time we got out there, we're like, where are all the puddles? And splashy doors would be in the distance, just, you know, soaking wet head to toe, but acting like she ruled the world. But she made a, they had a bunch of, not a bunch, but I would say maybe they had about 19 or maybe 30, maybe tall rabbits that came through. One year, I don't even remember, I think it was like a cold year, and a lot of tall rabbits came through, and she had a lemonade stand, this girl Doris. So she's out there selling lemonade or whatever, and she had a brother. He was, you know, this little fucker. He wasn't much. I mean, he was kind of, you kind of didn't even care if he grew up or not. He was like that. And, and, uh, and these rabbits, next thing you know, just attacked this fucking lemonade. And I don't know if these rabbits were from, you know, if they had kind of a something in their system where they wanted that lemon or they wanted that sugar. But until you've seen about, you know, 19 or maybe even, even 30 rabbits fuck up a couple of kids. I mean, you haven't seen that much. You haven't seen some of the joys in real life. I mean, you know, one of the greatest joys is watching a big girl eat a snow cone in the rain. And boy, if you haven't, if you haven't held your body to that. Then what have you done? Thank you guys for being here with me, though, man. It's nice to just kind of sit and reminisce. It's been a long day, man. I ate so much food and junk, and I had just a whirlwind of days. You know, I started off in New Orleans and then uh, went over to to Mandeville, which I got some family, and then came here to Baton Rouge, flying back to Los Angeles tomorrow. Um. And I was thinking, you know, we had uh, we had our first guest last week, and I want to thank everybody for supporting that. Jay Moore came in, and a lot of people. I mean, it was first of all, it wasn't easy getting Jay Moore in. 
I was excited that he came. It wasn't easy, uh, but I was excited that he came and we had a nice time. And I was nervous. Dude, I was so nervous. And I was nervous sitting there just like, you know, because I never really, ha- I haven't had anybody in the new studio. Usually I record by myself. So to even have somebody there and, uh, and but Jay was really cool. He was nice and friendly and I was glad that, um, you know, that I made it through that because I had a lot of anxiety about it. And I don't know if my anxiety is that I don't know what to say or I think honestly a lot of my anxiety is that I'm not going to be smart enough to be in a conversation. I think that's where a lot of my fear comes from when I think about it. You know that what if I start talking about something and you know, but I guess a nice person in a conversation, they're not going to get so, they're not going to act. I guess there's a difference between somebody being smart and acting smart. Like, I'm fine if somebody is smarter than me. You know, I would, be, I would imagine probably 80% of the world is. But if somebody acts real smarter than me, you know, they're straight up hogwarting on me and I'm just trying to survive, then that, you know, I guess that's some of my fear is that I'm going to be in a conversation and just trying to, you know, keep my head, just, you know, it's like, trying to just grasp for air so that's some of my fear i guess but we had some calls that were that came into the uh that were supposed to be on the jay moore episode but you know as it flowed i didn't know if we should like go to some calls or talk about the news or anything so we just kind of made it through it um but i'm gonna hit you guys with a couple of calls right here and i want to thank again uh isaac george who sent in that song for the intro that is seth saves spring I'm just going to kind of meander through a couple of these calls from you guys that have come in over the last two weeks, and then we will, you know, we'll make it through. I mean, this is the start of spring. This is April. You know, April's that time. It's like, you know, this is like the rain. It starts to dry up. So, you know, Splashy Doris is probably getting pissed wherever she is. What if she's like 35 now or something and she's still out there splashing? That's crazy, man. It's crazy to think that things you could do when you're a kid, if you do them now, you probably go to jail. You you run up to somebody you don't know, put gum in their hair, you could probably go to jail. You, uh, you, you, what else do kids do now? Just throw rocks at an abandoned house as an adult? Well, I guess even if you do that as a kid, you could go to jail. Mm, what else do kids do now? Oh, just throw a tantrum at the mall? You lay down at the mall, pull your pants down, and just scream on the top of your lungs? You probably go to jail or get picked up by a shady man, but probably go to jail. Here's a call that came in right here, man. I'm going to hit this hotline. Here we go. Hey, Theo. This is Andrew calling you back. Um, I called last week uh, from South Dakota. Uh Thanks for calling, Andrew, from South Dakota. And I think I've been to South Dakota. I believe that's the Black Hills are over there. And you guys have that Mount Rushmore. And Mount Rushmore, they should diversify it a little bit. I think they need to throw on, um, you know, they need to throw on some diversity on there. You know, chisel, chisel a couple more heads on there. Or uh, at least make it so that some of the, the, the founding fathers that are up there, maybe you put a T-shirt on them. One of them is wearing like a... Um, uh, like a Manny Pacquiao shirt, and one of them is wearing, you know, like a um, a Carl Lewis or an Usain Bolt shirt, and you know, at least add some diversity to the environment over there. I think that'd be pretty cool. But let's hear more, Andrew. Thank you for calling. I'm telling you about my brother and I's weekend rock climbing, and when you were asking about who listens to your to your podcast, 
first of all, a little bit about me. I, I'm a, I'm a doctorate. I'm a nurse practitioner. Are you an NP? I think that's what it's called. I just guessed, but you're a nurse practitioner. And I think, you know, I don't know if I could be a nurse because I couldn't take blood out of somebody's body and not want to put it back in. I'm the kind of person, something, if I take it, I feel like I should return it. And even if they're like, no, I want to get it tested, I want to donate it or whatever, I feel like I would try to sneak back in in the middle of the night or if somebody was in a coma and, you know, shoot it back into them. So that's one of the things I think I would struggle with as far as nursing goes. Because a lot of these nurses, they take your blood out and they fucking, sometimes they'll mail it off to a lab. I'm like, what? Are you some kind of like, you some kind of Postmates vampire? You fucking mailing people's blood around? And acting like you're normal and going home and feeding your kids Chef Boy RD? Something isn't right. Thanks for calling. More? Uh, and I work in a family practice clinic in South Dakota. So, you know, I have patients from two years old to 102. And we just, you know, we see patients and manage their medication. This evening when, when, I, when my call was on, I got a call from my mom. She's 48 years old. And she's a, she's a nuclear medicine tech. Oh, and apparently that nuclear medicine tech likes to meet some men because if she's only 48 and your mother's calling you and you sound at least, you sound older than 17 or 18, you sound like a damn adult, then your mom was cracking eggs early. Let's go more. Lo and behold, she listens to your show, Theo. She, she called <laughs> freaking out. I had no idea that, um, that, that she listened to, listened to the podcast. She called freaking out saying, was that you? calling in and so that's kind of cool you got a you got a mom son duo listening to your podcast uh, every week oh that's a cute thing man i appreciate you sharing that with me you know and uh happy spring to your mother because i'm sure she's probably listening as well you know i got to see my mom today um here at easter and i got to see my mom and uh you know, we had a kind of a sentimental moment, actually, making me think about it, Andrew. So I appreciate you sharing this because now you're making me think and making me feel a little bit. You know, my mom was I was saying bye to her today. And, um, and you know, I was talking last week with uh, on the Jay Moore episode about how, you know, my mother and I never laugh, you know, and, and I don't know if we ever have, you know, it just. The things were just stressful when I was young, so we didn't. We did, it's just there wasn't a lot of humor. There wasn't a lot of free joy around the house. Uh, and the TV shows we watched together, we watched American Most Wanted, or and we watched uh, Unsolved Mysteries. So I went to bed in straight up fear. You know what I'm saying? I'm wrapped up in the dark arts. My whole brain is just clouded up in that shroud of murder and espionage, and you know, long lost family members and Amelia Earhart. I mean, I swear to God, every episode of Unsolved Mysteries was about Amelia Earhart, and you know that. And it was kind of wild, you know, I was saying bye to my mom today, and, you know, sometimes I wonder, because I haven't, you know, I, I do always, you know, I wasn't the most happiest about my childhood. You know, I didn't, I didn't, you know, my childhood didn't leave me with a, a lot of positive feelings inside of myself that prepared me or made me feel comfortable as I became an adult they did not um whatever happened when I was young it just left me with a lot of self-doubt a lot of insecurity um, a lot of self-worth issues and and you know things that I still battle with I'm fighting but and I've and, and you know as I've gotten older you know I've I realized that a lot of that was because of my upbringing you know it was just 
and, and I, I believe that my mother, my mother probably did the best job that she could. And so I just, I started to worry recently, well, you know, do I, you know, am I, am I ever, even without knowing it, am I ever, you know, just, you know, have I shown, have I let my mother know that I'm, you know, grateful that I'm, you know, even if, even if, even if my mother never did anything for me, you know, at the very least, somewhere inside of me, I have to be grateful that, which isn't true. I mean, my mother did a lot for me, but that, that I'm grateful that she made me, you know, and so whenever she was leaving today, uh, you know, she gave me a hug and, and I didn't let her go. You know, I just held on to her, you know, and I rode through that moment of uncomfort where you would usually, you know, it might be a little uncomfortable. And then we were in second hugs. Now we're on that second hug. We're, you know, I'm starting to get second hug syndrome where you stay in a hug too long. And we need to do this video. And we thought about doing it last year where you hug a family member who doesn't like you and you got to hold on to them for eight seconds and you record it. And whoever does the best one, you know, we give them a prize. And we're hopefully going to do that again soon because nobody sent any videos last year. And that's that new professional bull riding, hugging a family member that doesn't like you for eight seconds. How long can you stay on? But so I hugged my mom and, you know, I stayed through that first uncomfortable moment and then I'm riding a second hug. So we're now with me and her drifting into some, you know, some new areas in that second hug. And then I stayed through that second hug moment where, you know, a hug's gone on too long. I was like, I'm fucking staying in this hug. And I stayed through that into that third hug and I could feel her. She started to hug me back a little more, you know, and I knew that, you know, I just knew for a second that she knew that this was, you know, just kind of a different moment. I was just trying to create a different moment because I'll get, you know, I'll just get used to doing the same moments, you know, the ones that are comfortable, the ones that, that are comfortable, the ones that are comfortable, maybe not even in a positive way, but just ones that are comfortable for me that I'm used to. And so I was like, I'm going to change, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to ride through a couple of hug breaks. And then, you know, she was leaving and I just told her, I said, you know, I just wanted to thank you. I just, you know, sometimes I don't know if you know how much I care about you. And sometimes I feel like I get so caught up in dealing with some of my feelings from growing up and, you know, and some of my, the problems and shit I feel like, because I know I get emo on this. I know I get emo out here with you guys, but I say I sometimes I feel like I deal with some of that so much that I forget, you know, that maybe I don't let you know that in addition to me, you know, you know, figuring some of this out and thinking about it that I, you know, I have always really cared about you and. You know, because that's true. I mean, even there are times if you don't get along with somebody or you even can't stand them or, you know, in your life, there's probably really, there's probably a part of you that still, you know, that cares. Because you wouldn't, you wouldn't have as much invested on the other side if you didn't think there was something real positive to gain on the positive side. You know, I'm probably not going to hate somebody Unless I feel like, man, if the tables were turned and we were in a better position, then I could really like them. But so I, I appreciate you sharing that moment, Andrew, because, you know, it's, it's nice. I, I think that's cool when you find out that you and your mother have some connection. There are things that you guys like together. I mean, it's wild. I still like Brian Adams. You know, I still like Brian Adams. Everything I do, I do it for you. Because, you know, we used to clean the house to that. My mother used to make us clean the house to that, and she used to spray us down, spray that soot off of us. You know, and we would look. I mean, we looked like we were from 
another planet. Because when you get in those ditches and you got all that ash, you get all that, you get the black and you get the gray. And so you could do some stuff around your eyes, like, you know, make a gray mustache or, you know, we look like little just, just like licorice critters when we come out that ditch. And mom, we get to the door and be like, oh, and mom would be like, what the fuck? And she'd spray us down. And that was a good time. But I appreciate you sharing that moment that you and your mother, hey, you, you guys are listeners, and, and thank you. Thank you, Andrew, and I hope you guys have a beautiful spring over there. Uh, let's take this call. It came in from Jeremy. Jeremy, here we go. Theo, this is Jeremy from Jersey. just want to tell you about my past weekend. Thank you for calling Jeremy from Jersey, and I'll be in Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey, in uh, a couple of weeks, April 20th and 21st at Bananas Comedy Club. Uh, all right, let's hear more. On Thursday, I broke my foot playing basketball. Oh, you broke that foot, huh? So you're down to one hoof. They call you one hoof jare. Now, you, you out there storking. Now, you can only play center, and you can only play it on one leg. This ought to be good. Let's hear more. Here's the kicker. This coming Saturday, I'm getting married. So you get married on that one leg. Hmm. So you got one foot in. You got one foot out the door already. That was ridiculously sad. Onward. Uh, my fiance was not happy about it, to say the least. Yeah, well, she's not happy about it because you're coming in clumsy. You know, this is a time when you need to be shining. This is a time when, if anything, you need to sprout another leg. You know, or sprout a second cock. But you're out there, you you know, you only got two wheels and you're blowing one of them out. Playing hoops at whatever, 35. Like, you, who are you supposed to be? Huh? You Kevin McHale? You Muggsy Bowgs? Who are you supposed to be, man? You know, you ain't, you, you stunting out there at the YMCA, dog? Shut it down. You know, sometimes I see men, you know, 45-year-old men out there skateboarding, going off of ramps and shattering their spines. And I'm like, well, uh, no fucking shit, dude. Skateboarding's for children. What if I was still doing finger paints all day in the afternoon? And you expect me to think, you know, Picasso, that, you know, because these, these skateboarder men, they'll be like, oh, I'm a Tony Hawk fan. Well, that's great. But you're not Tony Hawk. He is. What you are is a man that's about to probably end up in a wheelchair soon. And then his wife's going to have to work all the time and make that money. And you're going to be at home in that chair eating TV dinners. And that's, you know, and that shit will ruin a marriage. But anyhow, thanks for calling, Jeremy. Let's hear more. Uh, it wasn't until about three days in where she started feeling bad for me. But she's been taking care of me. So she's definitely a good girl. Wow. So it took her three days to feel bad for you. Yeah, I could imagine that. Because a woman do the wedding, that's everything. That's the only, You just have to look good that night. The next day, you could lose your hair. You could mail your dick to another country. You could do anything after that. But that, that wedding, that's it. You got to show up. You got to have your, if you have tits under your arms, you better give them haircuts. That's the night you got to show up, that wedding night. After that. Who cares? Who cares? A lot of women don't even care if you go missing after that. You could, you know, you could disappear on a cruise. A lot of them don't give a fuck. You need to show up for that night, make it legal, make it legit. So they got that alimony paper coming in. Y'all need to have the big thing, get the pictures. 
That's what you got to do. That's your responsibility as a man. And you out there fucking shooting hook shots. You know, out there at the DFW. Out there at the American Legion. Playing on a men over 35 year old team. The Rattlers. We're the Rattlers. Y'all ain't the fucking Rattlers. Most of y'all work at the bank. Okay, so we got to tighten up, Jeremy. Let's hear more. <clears throat> so this past weekend was a bad weekend. Next weekend will be a good weekend. And then on April 21st, I'm coming to see you at uh, Bananas Comedy with my buddies. So, Damn, man. Well, I feel bad about making fun of you now. Um... Well, thank you, thank you, uh, thank you. I'm, I'm excited you're coming out to Bananas. I didn't know that. I hadn't heard the whole call. And look, I th- hopefully you'll be better by then. That's what I'm saying. You know, obviously your wife is a good lady if she's helping you already after three days. It does sound like you got a good woman. You know, it sounds like, you know, hopefully this is the only time that you break a foot. I mean, things happen. You know, they had a man somewhere... You know, he he uh, he was supposed to get married, and apparently the day before he was supposed to get married, he married a different woman. So, at least you're not doing that. At least you're just breaking your foot. I mean, you got to look at the bright side, I guess. But I'll see you in uh, New Jersey. I don't know if any of that even made any sense, brother. But I'll see you in New Jersey, gang. Oh, and also, if you got to wear that boot, at least deck that thing out. You know, I'm out here, I'm at the, a crawfish boil today here in Louisiana, and the first time ever in my life I've seen a man with two, you ever seen those people that have, so sometimes you, if you hurt a, a, you know, you break one of your um, tarsals, or you bust a foot, you gotta wear that boot. You know, you got that RoboCop unit, that big, it almost looks like you're going snowboarding, but you're not in the snow or anything, you're just on, you're in a regular area. And this gentleman, he had two, he had one on each foot, so he just... You know, he was Cupid shuffling everywhere, and I've never seen that before. But just be thankful you only broke one foot. You could have broke your neck. And now you got to be, you know, now you, you and your wife got to, you know, your wife has to, you know, you're going to be in a, probably in a wheelchair most of your life or in like a uniform, you know, a robotic outfit. So at least you just broke your foot. At least you can still stand there and tell your wife you love her. But at least stand up, even though you only got one leg. I'd stand up there on one leg. Because I don't know if, 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 if Lee, I don't even know if a marriage is binding if you're on one foot. You might be able to, you know, loophole your way out of that if you have to. But she sounds like a good woman, and I'll see you in New Jersey. Uh, let's take another call here. Here we go. What's up, Theo? It's Joe from Pittsburgh. Joe from Pittsburgh. Uh, thank you for calling, Joe. I caught Pink Eye up there in Pittsburgh one time um, from a blowjob, actually. And that was a long time ago. Let's hear more. I'm just wondering if you're still doing that uh, meditation, masturbation, where you're jerking off 50-year-old ladies um, in their apartments on Wednesday mornings. So. Well, that's not exactly what occurred, Joseph. So if we want to look at facts, let's look at facts. And you're talking about orgasmic meditation, and that is a kind of a seminar group that I got involved with where... Some people know about this, some people don't, but it's, you can look it up. It's called orgasmic, orgasmic meditation. And it's where you meet up with people and you pleasure them with your hands. You pleasure a lady, you know, and they spray out kind of or whatever, and then you leave. And it's like supposed to like boost everybody's spirits. And that's sort of the abridged version of it. And I'll tell you more about it another time, but I'm, you know, I'm in my brother's living room right now and they got children around. In the distance, you know, some of them are asleep, but, 
you know, you never know if the, when you talk about the dark arts, if the words will just kind of creep out of your, out of your mouth into their, you know, into their resting brains. And I don't want to be a part of that. But thank you for asking, Jeremy and I, uh, Joe, and I will do that. Uh, I'll talk about that uh, at, a, at a future spot. Here we go. Let's go to another call, man. I'm sorry I'm just jumping into the calls here. You know, I know uh, it's just, you know, I'm, in, I'm, I'm literally here um, at the dining table in my brother's place. And I don't want to, you know, you just don't know if my voice is battering around the house and keeping people up. Here we go. Hey, Theo, my name's Lee. I'm from uh, Kingston, Ontario, Canada. Lee from Kingston. Thank you for calling me, man. It's uh, Lee from Kingston. Here we go. Um, I got a little bit of a snafu here. Um, I've been with uh, my girlfriend for about a year now. Uh, She doesn't participate in uh, any cocaine use. Oh, so she ain't on that dust. And Lee, apparently... And here's that's another way people will sometimes say that they on that dust uh, is by saying somebody else isn't, you know, like you show up with your buddy Carl and you're like, hey, uh, this is Carl. He doesn't use cocaine. That's basically throwing Carl under the bus. And it's just a nice way of saying you do cocaine. But thank you for calling, Lee. I'm uh, glad to know that your lady doesn't do it. Onward. Or any drugs for that matter. Uh, I got a, a day booked this Friday to go to uh like a, a nordic spa for a couple days with her nordic spa now that's not like a trap to me i don't know if you've ever seen um game of thrones but a nordic spa sounds like a trap you get in the water you know you feeling good they say they got all kinds of special things in the water ivory mint uh, you know juniper honey cinnamon all types of stuff that's supposed to get into your body and make you feel good and then Cadal, a motherfucker shows up in deer furs and fucks you up. A Nordic spa? Let's hear more. It's going to be a little vacation. I was thinking about bringing some cocaine along and dipping into that, but I don't want it to ruin ruin the time here. I'm wondering if you ever dip into that while you're with a female that she doesn't participate, so... Uh, I definitely don't want to ruin the weekend, and uh, I'm just wondering if you have any tips for me, or or what you think I should, uh, how you think I should attack this. Ooh, man, I love this call. I love this call. Thank you. Well, look, I'll tell you this. You know, you do a couple of speed bumps, and you start, you know, you start just chewing on that little antelope mouth, man. With if you want a little bit of cocaine, boy, I'll, dude, I'll eat the. You know, I'll eat the fucking ball bag off a cab driver. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'll eat the fu- I'll eat the damn tits off a nun on some cocaine, boy. I, you know, you could damn, you could, you could wash somebody's ass with your teeth. You know, I'm not trying to be too loud in here because they got family in a distance. But boy, are you kidding me? So, I w- but don't take a bunch. Don't get a bunch out there. Because you start doing a bunch and you're sitting in the hot spa and they got, you start getting dehydrated and your heart's beating fast. That's awkward. You know, you're going to be like a senior citizen then. But you got to, I would, you know, maybe do a bumper here then, you know, chew on that freaking little sugar spout. Do what you got to do. Because that thing, you know, that'll make you, I mean, that'll make you, 
you know, that'll make you, that'll turn you, that'll, that cocaine will turn your tongue into Magellan, if you know what I'm saying. That thing will make it, that thing will get out there and look for new lands. So you might be able to treat your lady right if you got a little bit of that dust in you. But, um, but you know, I, 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 just be careful. You don't want to pressure her into doing it. You got to be careful if she don't taste it on your mouth or your face either. And your face can't be getting all numbed up and you guys go to dinner and you order a bunch of soup or you order some crab and you try to, you know, you start, you know, just face fucking a, a crustacean. Like I've done some crazy shit on some cocaine at dinner. You know, I tried to eat a roll one time, a, a bread roll, and I was so coked down, man, I couldn't even, I, I guess somewhere in my head I felt like, man, I have to finish this roll. Like everybody at the table is going to think it's weird if I don't finish this bread roll. And that wasn't true. I thought that in my own head. So I'm just trying to shove this, f- and it, it got to the point where it was just me against this roll. It was it was like a, like a super, it was like a, a competition. It was just me against this. Well, nobody at the table even gave a fuck in the beginning. But by the end, they're like, Jesus, this dude will not let this bread go. And I was trying to get that bread into me. So that kind of stuff can happen. You just got to monitor what's going on. So I think, you know, have a little hit here, have a little hit there. But don't get grammed out. Don't get grammed out and start, you know, abusing your lady or, you know, trying to start a threesome with somebody, you know, the cleaning lady or that kind of shit. That's the thing. Cocaine, you'll have one plan. You know, you'll have one plan, but the next thing you know, you do too much. You got 90 plans. And you're naked and you're in a room by yourself somewhere. You're in the broom closet. And you got four of your fingers in your ass. So just control yourself. Control yourself. Because some people, they can manage their drug use. They can manage their alcohol. I cannot. I cannot manage my drug use at this time in my life. But thank you for calling there, uh, Lee. I appreciate that. Also, I want to remind you guys that uh, this uh, and every episode is brought to you by Gray Block Pizza. Gray Block Pizza. Think about, think about, um, think of if you were just trapped on a desert island and a plane flew overhead and something fell out of that plane and it landed right in your mouth. That is Gray Block Pizza. That's the magic of it. And that's at 1811 Pico Boulevard in Los Angeles. And you could be blind or you could be deaf or you could have uh, super senses and superpowers. Gray Block, get that hitter, son. All right, let's uh, take this call right here. And I'm going to let you guys know, too. i got a couple of dates. I'll be in Tampa this weekend. So come out to Tampa, the Dark Arts Tour. We're going to put those dates up soon. Got a lot of neat cities that you don't know about yet that are going to be on, uh, on theovon.com slash tour, T-O-U-R. Here we go. Let's take this call here. Hi, Theo. Um, my name is Rebecca. I'm calling from Virginia. Hey, Rebecca, and thank you for calling. Uh, Happy Easter to you. Uh, However, I went to middle school in Bell Chase, Louisiana, if you are familiar with the area. Oh, yeah. Bell Chase, boy. My, uh, a friend of mine got, I don't know if he got rabies, but he got bit by something pretty heartily over there in Bell Chase one time. And that's the kind of area where anything could happen. Uh, You know, a lot of stray animals and stray humans over there. You know, a lot of adults sucking their thumb over there in Bell Chase. A lot of people doing flooring. You know, people do flooring. They floor this. They floor. That's the thing. You get into certain parts outside of New Orleans, everybody does flooring. You want flooring? People are like, I got a floor. They're like, you want a floor on? You want double floors? Like, what, the, what is that? You want floors on the ceiling? 
That's what I'm saying. You, you could do, then you could, you could walk on your hands and feel like you, you know, you still got a chance with your feet. You could do flooring anywhere. Flooring over the windows. Just, uh, once you get outside of New Orleans, it's, everything is flooring. And that's the flooring belt. But let's hear more. Thank you for calling. Hearing you talking about having children in a previous podcast reminded me of a dilemma I'm facing. I am going to be marrying absolutely amazing person in May. And, oh my gosh. <laughs> I think about of course, having a family with this person at some point. Oh, wow. That's a nervous feeling. For me, it is. But let's hear more. But I kind of struggle with the idea of having our own children when the option of adoption is available. You know, I think that there is a lot of ego that goes into having children. And I wonder if adoption is really the the ultimate, you know, action of love, sign of love. Um, so I just want to know what your thoughts on that are. Thanks for calling, Rebecca. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to hear that you found somebody that, you know, means a lot to you. And I wish you the best of luck there. So, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, there's a lot of parents I see that, you know, they, I mean, I see parents that have children that are just almost like, um, you know, they just get them all decked out with nice cars and nice clothes. And it's almost like they just, the kid is like an extension of them, but almost more like an advertisement for the parents. Um, I see parents that are, seem super involved with their children. Um, you know, and they, they just, you know, they just want to be a, you know, I guess you can't help but to want to be like a, obviously you need to be a provider, but they just want to be there for them. And they want to help them. They just want to give them the best opportunity to have a comfortable life. You know, maybe to learn from uh, some of the things that they didn't have as a child. And then to be able to hopefully find some ways to offer those to their kids. But, you know, when it comes to adoption, I don't know. You know, I've never had anybody in my family that's been adopted. Um, one of my buddies has. And, you know, he talks about it a little bit sometimes. You know, I can't imagine what that's like. Um, you know, I have a friend who does foster care and he fosters a lot of children and that it's always, you know, that brings, you know, that'll bring a tear to my eye sometimes thinking about that. You know, when I see pictures of him and, you know, him bringing him and his wife, bringing these people into their lives and bringing these children in, it really makes me feel something. Um, but I think, you know, you just ask your heart about that kind of stuff. You know, I don't know if it's egotistical to have a child of your own. If you think you can be a good parent. If you care about raising children, you know, it's probably okay. You know, you could try to do one of each. You could try foster care first to see if it's something that you're good at. Um, you know, so I think it's nice that you're thinking about it. I think it's nice we're talking about it. Maybe there's other people thinking about it. You know, I, sometimes I used to read that book, Cider House Rules, all the time. And those kids out there, you know, they, you know, they're trying to, you know, if you go into a foster place or a adoption center, you know, all the kids, they put on like a nice shirt or if they don't have a nice shirt, some kids will put on like a, a vest or a cape. You know, I remember a friend of mine one time saying he went to an adoption place and one kid, he, he didn't even have a nice suit, but he had like a vampire outfit. And this motherfucker's dressed up like a vampire thinking he's going to get adopted. I'm like, damn, you know, I don't know if people are going to want a little vamp at the house. 
So I don't know what kind of, you know, haberdashing guidance they have in some of these joints. So they might be able to use some some help when it comes to even, you know, clothes and stuff like that, some of these kids. But I think it's a great idea. You know, I think anything that we can do to help is a good idea. Maybe one day I would like to have it, you know, have, you know, try and help if I can handle it. That's another thing, though. It's like, can you handle it? Do you know if you can handle it? Um, and I'm sure after you have, you know, if you have one child of your own, or if you do foster, ch- you know, help out some foster kids and maybe you'll get an idea of it. Because I have also have friends who have adopted kids like from other countries and some of that shit has gone astray. You know, one of my friends adopted a child from Russia, this little girl, the girl burn her house down. And they don't tell you that when you're reading the pamphlet on the child, if they do arson. So it's hit or miss, you know, it's hit or miss out there. Um, but what else, man? I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna wheedle it in for tonight, guys. And I don't mean that, you know, I appreciate all you guys, all you guys supporting for listening and being supportive. Um, but it's just, you know, I'm just in a tough locale here. I got the family, they got people in the kitchen right now doing dessert and stuff. And I'm out here talking about, you know, Russian children burning shit down and people jerking off and stuff. So I just don't know what's appropriate. Somebody's heating up a, I think a, some Totinos right now thing of pizza rolls, but you know, I might have to get me a couple of them things, but I, uh, appreciate the support. I'm excited to get some new guests in coming up. Um, I'm excited to get home and get back into the studio and keep things moving over there. I want to thank you guys for, uh, just for tuning in this week and for being a part of things. I'm going to wish everybody a happy Easter and, uh, and we'll get back into the regular, regular flow of things, uh, this Thursday. And also, those episodes, it's going to be, um, we're going to be going live, too, on Thursday, I believe, with Live Rays. And that's a new app you can check out. And I'll put the link to them in um, in the episodes. You can just kind of see what they're about in the information. But thank you guys for all your support. Hope your Easter was great. Hope you got to spend some time with somebody you loved um, or even somebody you hated. And if they were somebody you hated, I hope you held on them for eight seconds. And I hope you caught a video of it, man, because I would love to see that. Uh, you guys be good to yourselves. Um, I bet you deserve it.
Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jonathan Kite, and welcome to Kite Club, a podcast where I'll be sharing thoughts on things like current events, stand-up stories, and seven ways to pleasure your partner. The answer may shock you. Sometimes I'll interview my friends. Sometimes I won't. And as always, I'll be joined by the voices in my head. You have three new voice messages. A lot of people are talking about Kite Club. I've been talking about Kite Club for so long, longer than anybody else. So great. Hi, sweetheart. Here's a deal. Anyone who doesn't listen to Kite Club is a dodgy bloody wanker. Jermaine. Hi, I'll take a quarter pounder with cheese and a McFlurry. Sorry, sir, but our ice cream machine is broken. <laughs> I think Tom Hanks just butt-dialed me. Anyway, first rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Second rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Third rule, like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or watch us on YouTube, yeah? And yes, don't worry, my Brad Pitt impression will get better.